Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the DJ Sessions Presents the Virtual Sermon. I'm your host, Darren, and you know what? That's why you don't have Twitch up and running while you're testing stuff out, because you'll get feedback and echoes into the feed. I'm your host, Darren, by the way, and right now, coming in from Cape Town, South Africa, we got Kid Mike, Dirty Beard Artist Kid Mike. Kid Mike, how you doing today? Yeah, good, Darren. Thanks for having me back, buddy. Yeah. Uh, please, I... I totally was doing some testing before the show and I left a bunch of windows open and now we at least we know we're going live to those channels. Anyways, yeah, good, yeah good buddy. All good. Thanks a lot for having me back. Um, it's been a year since we last chatted and a lot's happened in that year. Yeah, you know, I've been actually taking about a year off, a year hiatus. I moved into a new place. We did get it. I was doing some interviews last year, but I just, after everything going on for the last 13, 14 years, I kind of do this every maybe four or five years, I'll just take a year break and be like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to touch the camera. I don't want to do an interview. We did go to ADE and that was an awesome experience. Had some interviews in there, had a beautiful houseboat with the canals, you know, um, coming back from that, you know, uh, moving into a, a new place, you know, just trying to get the dust settled from that. I mean, I still got boxes I haven't even packed and I moved in last March. <laughs> I get this. You know, so, uh, you know, we're just, but we're getting ready, ready to ramp back up again here, and uh, a pleasure having you on the show. You know, 2023 was a great year for you. You actually had four tracks that hit within the top 20 or top 10 on Beatport. Tell us about that experience. I mean, yeah, 2023 was a great year for me. Um, House of Hustle, my first release with them, hit number nine in Tech House and on the Tech House charts in Beatport, which was massive for me. It's my first um, placement on, on Beatport in the charts. And then um, that same EP, the other track, hits um, number four, just below Skrillex's track, funny enough, on the Bass House to uh, top chart. So that was really good. Um, I then done a remix for Vanilla Ace and Cats in Motion. Uh, that remix hit number eight in Beatport. Um, yeah, it's just been a crack over a year all around. Um, and then we had a, myself and Magnum, who actually have a track come out tomorrow, we'll touch on that. But um, we had a track come out last year on my Techno Ways of Tongue, um, also one of my favorite labels, great underground label. And um, that hit number 15, I believe, in the Tech House chart. So, yeah, good year, blessed the music came. We had a couple of good ideas, a couple of good releases, some good PR from that, absolutely. And you mentioned just a little bit about that track you work that's coming out tomorrow with Magnum. He's also a dirty bird artist as well. Twenty twenty four coming out very strong with the new release of Chihuahua on the House Power label. This ain't Bristol tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Is that going? Is that going out midnight, like Greenwich time or, or South African time? Yeah. What time? What when is that going to be available? Uh, mid midnight Pacific time, so it'll be coming out when you guys go midnight tonight. Um, yeah, so super stoked for that. It's a it's a massive release. Uh, that's one of my grail labels. Obviously, some of my goals in life are to be close to the defected group, and they're part of the defected group. So, good foot in the door on that one. Um, we'll see where it leads. The track's a banger. It's already been supported by uh, Fedi Legrand, so no no uh, no introduction needed there. Been supported by Victoria Rowlands on Dirty Bird Radio. Has also been supported by Claptone, so the tracks have already got some massive weight behind it, and we're excited to see what the release brings tomorrow. Nice, awesome! Congratulations on that. It's always good, you know. You're moving forward. You're doing things. You're making things happen. On, on the average, how many tracks? You released four tracks. Did you release more than four tracks last year, or the, that was that your four tracks and no, no, I released five tracks. So yeah, so I released five tracks uh, last year, and 
Um, four of them managed to hit. And the other one is actually one of my favorite tracks at Mate Koa, which was a, a done for a remix for Public um, Secret, a label called Public Secret. It's actually the favorite, my favorite track I've ever made. Um, it just didn't have the label behind it with the, the followers and stuff. But amazing label, they're doing 2024 looks good for them too. So um, a mate of mine, Max Migno, he runs it. He also needs anybody on the on the West Coast scene knows Max very, very well. So he's doing well. But tell go about it is, um, I didn't release as many tracks as I would like to because I was building up a catalogue of tracks for 2024. So my goal for 2024 is to have a release every month. Um, okay. So I built up 20 tracks. Uh, some of them I'm only now farming out to uh, two labels, trying to get them signed. Uh, a couple gone to Children, which I'm hoping hit, and um, obviously Jody Bird of the new one. I hope it's going to hit with them this year. So we'll see where it goes. But but yeah, so before I used to just make a track when I was really happy with it. I'd send it out, um, as most producers do, because you get you get so excited. Um, and then I realized, listen, rather hold on to some of the music, build up a catalog, and then send them out and have your name out there every month, so, which is kind of my um, modus operandi for 2024. Do you make music with the intention to make it a popular track or, or EP record? Or do you make music so they just like satisfy yourself and, and success is a nice side effect? 100%. So, I mean, I, I've got a full-time job um, and I work for a corporate company, so I don't really have the time in the studio like a lot of my colleagues do. Um, so when I sit down, it's because I was in the gym in the morning and I was listening to a podcast and a track just resonated. And then an idea sparks in your head, you come sit in the studio and you build a loop. A few days later, that loop starts like um, playing away in your head and you start and you just come up with something else. I never ever sit down to make a track say, this track's going to be a banger. I think if you had to sit down and try and make every track a banger, you're going to hit writer's block because no track's a banger in the first five or six hours of making that track, right? Yeah, there'll be a good idea, there'll be a good hook, there can, there's a good idea, but nothing's a banger straight away. And that's what I think, and I'm not a pro at this, I'm quite new at it all, but I think that's why people get stuck in writer's block, because they're going there with intent to make this an absolute banger, and after five hours, it's not quite the banger that you thought it was going to be, so people just leave it as an eight bar, 16 bar loop. So I just don't, my goal is to finish a track. So I, I try and never start a loop and not and leave it like that. And this absolute crap. And trust me, I've got a hard drive full of absolute crap. So um, yeah, it's always just get out there and finish a track so I can enjoy it, play it in a set. Do you know what I mean? Send it to my mates, see what they say. And how long does it take you to finish a production on average? Like one track? Mm. I mean, the, so, so I mix while I produce. I know a lot of uh, producers just produce and so do the writing, the creative stuff, then come back and do the technical stuff. I'm a mixer by, I studied uh, mixing through um, point blank. So I studied a degree in mixing through point blank. And so I enjoy mixing music. So I mix as I, as I produce, which can, I can sometimes hinder my creative flow. But um, I would say because of that process, when I'm done, the track's ready to go to mastering. Anything up to between 30 and 50 hours, sometimes 60 hours. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and if you could pick, you mentioned something earlier about one of your favorite productions. If you could pick one of your productions, one of your tracks, mm -hmm. your most favorite one, which one would that be? And, and, and is there a thought behind why it is your favorite? Yeah, absolutely. So the track is called Koa, K-O-A. And it's the Kid Mike re, uh, retake. It's out on Beatport, it's out on Spotify, it's everywhere. So if your viewers um, want to jump on and grab it, it's called Koa from a, um, a duo, a very talented duo from uh, Mexico called Wife Material. And then I've done a remix of the track, so the Kid Mike retake. 
and it's seven minutes long, so it's quite a lengthy track. It's a club track, but it's an absolute banger. From when you put it on until you switch it off, you're going to be jamming, I promise you. Um, I still got, I actually put a post up today about our interview, and I used that in the background. So if you want to know what was like, jump on my Instagram, kidmike.official. It's the last post. It's about DJ sessions, and the track actually plays the backing track to the, to, to the DJ sessions interview. Thank you, thank you for that. You know, what what would be considered your dream project? If you could say, I want this, this, that, this is my dream project, I wanted to build myself up to this, Black American Express card, budget's not a limit, there's no limit on budget, what would be your dream project? I mean, my, my dream project would be to work on an album for Defected. So, um, yeah, Defected, touring, but Defected's my grail label, that's like where I'm, in my mind, that's where I'm going one day, and that's where I want to be. Um, I've played the music for me. They had those cheesy, funky house tracks in the 90s to what they are today, to the tech house uh, monster that they are today. Um, yeah, man, I'd love to do a, a full-on um, album with Defect one day, five years, six years, ten years from now, whenever that is, but that would be the dream project. Awesome. In collaboration with a lot of my current favorite artists, like obviously I work with a lot of artists now. I enjoy collab. I think it creates spark, creativity and spark. So to have some um, so some artists collab on that album with me, guys I look up to, um, DJ Glenn from Dirty Bird, also uh, Claude Monstroke, and he's on the hiatus now, but hopefully he's coming back in a couple of years when he, once he's done with the bass project, um, Bulky Crenshaw. Like I said earlier in the interview, I know all about those hiatuses, you know, and just taking that break and getting a breather in. Um, you mentioned Defective, you mentioned Dirty Bird, you worked, um, you're working with, uh, do, 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 let me get my nose right awesome, here. Awesome. Uh, this ain't Bristol right now. What is your current top five record labels that you can find that are producing reoccurring quality releases? You have, I'm sure you're probably going to drop Dirty Bird Defective in there. This is yeah, ain't Bristol. <laughs> But um, so, so outside of those two, if I had to say some of my top labels at the moment, um, Hellbent would be one of them. Um, Black Book Records is right at the top. Um, Casual, um, Albert Casual and Relief together because the same guys also right at the top. Um, Tour Room, obviously, every track, every release is like top quality, top tier. They're really tough labels to get into. They've got their quality control really high. Um, and you applaud them for that, right? Because you know, if you make it, you doing something right. And then, um, and then, um, House of Hustle is another sort of like very Brazilian, very group-driven label. I'm actually working with the guys, and like I say, every time we put a release out, it's hitting Beatport top, top ten or twenty. And not just my releases. I think it was Nem, and um, was one of our releases last year. An artist called Nem, um, his release hit number one. So. Small label, 20,000 followers, small compared to other labels I just mentioned, but um, the music's smashing it at Beatport and on Spotify. And we were talking pre-show, and uh, in March, you're going to be working on a new podcast series. Tell our DJ yeah. sessions fans all about that, because you did drop the label on yeah, yeah, so super stoked about that. So um, I've worked closely with House Muscle since my releases with them, and... Um, and there was another um, A&R person working with them, a label manager called Mike. He left to actually go join Tool Room, and they had a spot for somebody joining A&R. I was getting on so well with the label owner, Patrick Stett, that um, we said, listen, let's give this a go. So um, I, I do a bit of A&R for them. So if any of you listeners have got a track that's sort of in the House of Hustle groove, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Um, I'm on no other socials, so Instagram is the one. So kidmike.official. 
um, hit me up with your demos. I will put it in our demo playlist um, with the guys, and we will um, and, and we'll give it a go. Um, but also, the, what's happening in March, because we've been running for 10 years, High Hustle's been 10 years now, which is an amazing journey, we are starting a weekly podcast show. So it's a one-hour mix show, I play the first 15, 20 minutes, and then we have a guest DJ for the next 45 minutes after that. Um, we really got some fantastic, we've got Magnum lined up, we've got Plastic Robots, Massive Brazilian Duo, also really good artists. We've got um, Chris Clark lined up, so we've got some cracking, cracking artists lined up to play the podcast with us. Um, so again, if any of you, your, uh, any of the viewers are aspiring DJs and they want to speak to me about it or they, they've got a good track coming out and want to promote it and do a spot on the radio, please hit me up again on Instagram and we can definitely chat about it. Yeah, you know, podcasting is still, we've been podcasting, video podcasting since 2005. Audio podcasts were out before that. That was all made kind of available via the iPod when it came out, but the iPod was just audio. But we got involved in 2005. Our whole background support of the DJ sessions is basically a podcast series. Um, once again, we're in a position where we kind of are breaking the server. I just got an email from our, our hosting provider saying, um, you need to, you need to shrink your podcast. This is 2400 episodes and, uh, you know, you need to scale this back and only publish 2000. So I'm working back and forth for them to get more service based. Sure. Yeah. Podcasting is an awesome medium to allow you to distribute, let people subscribe and, and it's downloaded right to their computer. You know, it's, it's taken right there and then you can put it online and, and, and get out there and it's sort of like seeing the progression of, um, podcasting audio podcasting to video podcasting. Obviously YouTube came out at the same time, right around the video iPod player, you know, 2005 ish and then social media hitting and then live streaming. You know, we started live streaming this show in 2000. I think I was doing some stuff about 2009 is when we started doing the DJ sessions, but I was doing a little bit of live streaming before that. And you know, the next bastion we look at is virtual reality. What's that yeah. going to like in shape? the music industry because you're not going to be looking at this 2d you're not just going to be listening to an audio you could play your podcast in your virtual nightclub and have a set time that it, it when it goes live those people be there be the first ones in virtual reality hearing that stream live and it's only playing live in that club but then later it'll be a podcast episode people could download later good. and that kind of interactivity i think is going to be huge i think there's been a dip yeah. in vr just you know, pandemic was pandy, or I call it pandy. You know, people jumped on VR. We have a VR nightclub. Um, this is being streamed right now in our VR nightclub and on VR chat. And so, um, you know, I think that's going to be the next level of people are thinking about if, they, if you're doing something today and you don't have a podcast series, even if you're just getting on a mic and talking for 10 minutes about a track or a label or something, you can do a 15 minute show in, in a few moments from your home and do an audio broadcast and say, here you go, boom. You know, and that lives online forever. It's good for social media. Uh, I'm a big fan of podcasting, as you can tell. Um, but, you know, talking about producing a podcast, producing tracks, producing dance music stands totally synonymous with spending countless hours behind the computer screen sculpting your beats. I mean, you mentioned you probably spend 50 to 60 hours per track, and you're planning to release one track per month. So that's about, what, 12 and a half to 15 hours a week, and you've got a day job. Where do you find your free time to stay fit? Oh, man, so that's so you, I mean, you got, kind of have to mix it all up, right? So I can't, uh, you go to the, to the gym in the morning, you spend 60 to 90 minutes training, 
in that time, what you're doing is you're listening to demos from people that have, that have sent you demos for House of Hustle, or you're listening to podcasts of music or every, every Monday um, evening this side. So Tuesday morning, the first thing I do is put Dirty Bird Radio on Victoria Roland show, and that's my hour in the gym. And then I'm hearing what's new, what's the sounds, what's fresh. So just trying to stay in contact with the music scene while you're trying to, you do have to mix it up. You have to kind of mix it all together. So it, it becomes part of your life, music, really. And like you say, you, 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 I take time off all the time to, during my work day because I'm fortunate enough to work from home. Um, and I say, okay, well, let me try and put in an hour into beat making, you know what I mean? And if it's not just making the beats, it's like I, I set a specific goal for that hour. I'm like, I want to design a new lead sound because I like designing a lot of my own sounds. Or I want to chop up the vocal or mix the vocal in the track. And you, you set a specific goal for that hour to two hours in a day that you can squeeze it in. Instead of going and sitting outside, um, having a puff with your mates or going down the pub with, with your mates, you certainly do um, some work because it's that important to you. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. I, I kind of get myself into Netflix binges from time to time or, you know, just sit in front of the computer from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. I do have a hard cut off at like 5 p.m. If I didn't finish it, it goes on the notepad of my to-do list for tomorrow. But um, one of the biggest things that I've started to do when, I, when I'm doing that binge or when I'm in that rut, I just grab my iPad and I go to the gym in my building and I'll get on the elliptical for 30, 40 minutes and watch an episode. So I'm not just sitting on my butt at home, binge watching something, sitting in front of the computer, click, click, click. I've got that iPad in front of me and I'm just riding that elliptical. I was up there last night and yeah, my body's sore and I need to get a little bit in shape. <laughs> you know, part of that hiatus that we were talking about is, you know, last year, this time, I weighed about 187 pounds. And now I'm down to, I weigh 162 now. So I was going to say, I mean, I saw you now, because like, when we spoke a year ago, and the first thing I was going to say is, you look like you've lost weight, but yeah, so, yeah. well, that's yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> I had a little you know, bit of a beer belly that going on. <laughs> and it was, you know, now I got my six pack back, and we're going to get an eight pack, yeah. and I'm going to get my cardiovascular back. But yeah, I mean, that's what I, I work from home too. So I'm sitting in front of a computer, and uh, you got to stay in shape, you got to stay healthy like that. Hey, did I read somewhere that you have kids? You have a kid? Yeah, I do. I've got four kids, but four kids. But, uh, three, yeah, three with the ex, and then I've got myself. My wife have a have a daughter, which I love. I love all my kids. Um, she is now six years old. Are, are they allowed to come? In, do you, now, are you software producer? Or are you do you use hardware and software? Both. So, so both. Um, at the moment, um, here in Cape Town, we're moving to Barcelona in July. Um, and so we're busy like getting ready to move house and we've got a massive house in Cape Town, beautiful home, but um, we are like I stripped the whole studio down. So now I'm producing on my Shure 1845s, which is the most trusted headphones in the world, my sound card and my Mac. Um, all the hardware is in boxes now getting ready to just be sent to, off to, um, to Barcelona for, for when we move because it takes about three months for the container to get there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. If we go again, the only socials I do have is, is on Instagram. You'll see f uh, videos of my daughter coming to the studio there, and she'll be turning knobs on this because uh, I have I mix on solid state logic, so I've got all the SSL kit. Um, she'll come and she'll play with all the buttons, and um, I know it's expensive and she can mess it up, but you know, it's my daughter, she's more important to me than the kids. So uh, she comes and she has a little play about, or in, and whenever I'm busy producing on the push, she wants to come and push buttons or hit the keyboard. So yeah, she loves it. You just, we're going to follow in my next question is, are they allowed to come to the studio and play with the toys? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, look, there are times my wife's good, like, she's like, she's such a supporter of my musical career that she's like, if she can see if I'm in a zone and I'm like literally putting beat, a beat together, 
or mixing and like you really have to tune them when you're mixing right so um she will she'll like keep her daughter out the room for a bit but um most of the time she can come in and she can have a little play about. It also gets my mind off the track a bit because, you know, you get into analysis paralysis when you make music. You're like so in there, your, your head is like so into the track that you just need to take it away for a bit, listen to something else, come back, reset your ears every 30, 40 minutes and just like then you can carry on again fresh your ears. Yeah, I know a lot of people, the, the, the pets in the studio as well. And that, that pet will just be kind of like that little break. Even if they jump on the desk or they put them in their lab and they're just like, Take that five minutes to just okay. Now I'm ready to go. You know that's that's um, definitely awesome. So if you could go back 25 years in music history or forward 50 years in music future, which one would you pick and why? Um, that's a really good question because I've never thought of it. So I mean, I'm a big fan of all of the music from sort of like. Um, 15, 20 years ago, um, so all my inspiration from there, sort of like the original dark punk stuff. The album's called Homework. My latest track that I've just finished is actually also called Homework. Um, not doesn't sound anything like dark punk, but yeah, they've just always been the DJ Sneak, obviously a legend. Also from the, there's this Felix the House Cat. All those old school legends, like they have, their sound still drives my sound today. Um, and you see them coming up now again on all the. Um, all the latest podcasts, all the latest releases, you see all these old school DJs coming back now. DJ Sneak recently just released with Dirty Bird, um, also another radio show. Um, Kevin Knapp, same story. So all these old school guys, these old Chicago and Detroit DJs are all coming back now, um, bringing that old school sound, but with the fresh new cuts, which I really enjoy. So I think backwards, mate, is an answer. You know, we, like, we just had Paul Van Dyke here in, uh, in Seattle at Aura Nightclub. Okay. You know, and just, you know, I remember... One of the first, one of the first electronic music albums that like, that I ever bought that was like a DJ plant was uh, Global Underground 007 Paul Oakenfold, and I listened. I played that even though it was on a CD. You can't really burn out a CD like set tapes, but uh, now I just dated myself. Um, <laughs> but you know, I would play that over and over again. Then you had Sasha, then you had the Digweed yeah. one, then you had Digweed. Yeah. I hope I said that. I always I always say. He used to always pronounce that wrong, but I think it's Tangeria. And that whole Global Underground series really was, that, that really transformed. I was going to underground nightclubs and listening to electronic music, house music, and things like that. But I think those albums really got me into more of an international sound. Yeah. Um, and instead of local Seattle underground house, techno, rave culture kind of scene. Uh, I started clubbing in, in electronic clubs in 92. So, um, you know, that open fold album, I don't think I got it until 98, 99. Um, cause I was still into hip hop music and stuff like that. So, um, I wasn't buying electronic music or even looking at electronic music as a, as a genre. It might have a little section of the story. I mean, I think Kiyoki had a disc, um, yeah. in that electronic music section was the only, like, other than that was like all compilations of electronic music songs, but DJs didn't have curated albums in a sense. Um, until I saw that, but um, speaking of albums and stuff, do you remember the first record you bought? And is it worth mentioning, or is it embarrassing? No, no, it's definitely worth mentioning. So, first record I bought was um, Ministry of Sound Annual, and that was the nineteen annual, and it had Born Slippy on it, so from Underworld. And now I'm showing my age, 
So I'm 43 years old, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, and just before the Global Underground series that you spoke about, um, same bunch of guys had um, Renaissance. They've done uh, a series called Renaissance, and I had BT on there um, on the Renaissance um, compilations. And um, who was the other one? Forget the name. Deep Dish. And like Deep Dish. Was Deep Dish. Deep Dish. Oh, gosh. I bought them champagne one time when they were here in Seattle. Yeah. We're playing a club and I'm like, oh, let's get a couple of bottles of champagne and take it to the DJ booth. It's deep dish. Nice. <laughs> that was yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, backwards. I mean, the we from the past. I don't know what the music in the future holds, and we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going out to DJ an event, do you prefer large scale festivals or would you rather DJ at more intimate clubs? Good question. So, uh, I mean, my music and my sounds always been more club orientated, and um, with the with the track that's dropping tomorrow on the same Bristol, you'll hear that it's going to go into more sort of um, open air type. It's, it's it's by no means trance or 132 BPM. I think it's written at 128, but it's more. You can hear you can play it in a club, or you can have it out, outdoor at some festival, and it's going to do equally as well. So, I'm starting to transition more to that sort of outdoor loopy sound, whereas before my music was underground and every bar had a new one, so it's changed and it was quite in-depth. But yeah, so it's trying to get more that, again, excuse the pun, uh, or the, not the pun, but the way we used it, but like the tool room sort of defected, that like loopy driven kind of tech house sound. Nice. What has been the best business decision in favor of your artist career that you've ever made? It was to take the chance and uh, send music to Dirty Bird because um, literally before Dirty Bird and we're going back to hiatus, I took a 10 year hiatus. So um, I was releasing music in 2000 and, um, 2010, 2011, and then I took a, a 10 year hiatus uh, for my daughter was born. And we spoke about some in the last episode with me. And then I came back, COVID hit. I was sitting at home bored. I was like, let's pick it up. I opened Logic again. Remember that I preferred Ableton, so I'm back on Ableton, and wrote a couple of tracks. And I sent all three to Dirty Bird. And the first two got totally ignored. And the third one, Bring Me Hotbox, literally got picked up straight away and got put onto the main label. So um, just take that chance. Like, just believe in yourself, believe in your music, do it for yourself. And I, I think the rest will follow. Because if you like the sound, somebody else will like the sound. If you're going to write, and I actually was listening to Lebowski's, uh, one of his talks. And like, don't write music for a label. Like, you don't sit and write a song for a label because what you're going to do is kind of come out a little bit more washed out than the stuff they really have. And also, they're going to hear that and say, we've got stuff like this. So write music that you like, and if you like a certain type of uh, vibe, you start sending for those labels that have that vibe. I promise you, there's a label out there that will, that will take your music. And there's a big label. There's a Dirty Bird or there's a, a, a the St. Bristol in all genres, right, and all sorts of sounds. So just write the stuff that makes you move that inspires you because you will write better music, I believe, anyway. You know, I, I've heard that time and time again that, you know, if you're going to go start producing, don't go out there and look at what's hot on top, like top 10 of Beatport and try producing that. Produce what you love and submit that and then find labels that are towards that sound that you want to go for and, and don't try to copycat. But by the time you get it out there, that genre could be gone. You know, you're already knocking on the door. We're like, we passed our tech house. We're like, deep house or we're here and you're you're still over here producing this genre and we're not doing that we're not going that direction anymore produce what you like produce produce what you think is good and, and you will find somebody out there that probably likes it um 
there's a there's a couple of guys out in on the west coast uh, called IO Music Academy. So if your viewers want to go check them out, IO Music Academy, and they've got like these paid courses you can buy on their thing. And one of the courses I bought was um, Steve Lawler talking about how to find your sound and how to take your sound to labels. And it's like a, a two-hour course, which is like full of gold, right? So, um, and and he's the one that said get a catalog of music together and then go out and ship every track out because it's like you have a hit, then you have two months of quiet, have a hit, rather have you on them out there every month. But one of the things that he, he said is exactly that, he's like, just like, find your sound and then go, go go to the labels that fit your sound. Don't write your music for it, it sounds, it's not going to mm -hmm. So try and fit a square, square peg into a round hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, success doesn't last forever, especially for an artist. You know, what do you do to save up for the future? What do you, what do you invest your earnings in? Um, so, I mean, like I said, my house is one of my biggest investments. I don't make money from music, to be honest. Like, if you get 600 pounds or 500 pounds per release, plus a couple of um, annuities through the year, um, I'm fortunate enough that we've got a job that pays a, a very good, very, very good salary that I support my family with. So, um, I've got all the boring stuff is what you, you're going to hear from me if you ask me a question, you know. I don't, um, it's property and obviously um, pension for one day, all the other big pension, but property really, but, and listen, for music guys, if you can, if you've got the money, it is a lot of money, but if you can get, get vintage synths like a TB303 or Rolling Juno, the original stuff, and you can put seven, eight thousand dollars, twelve thousand dollars into a synth, get it, look after it, I promise you it's just going to be up in value, so if you want to, get things that, that you can invest in, that you can enjoy. Vintage gear is always a good way to go. Absolutely. I'm not a financial, I'm not a financial guy, I'm just, that's my own advice. I know we kind of touched on this in the last question I asked about, you know, sound, find your own sound, um, look for labels that, that would be attracted to your sound. Um, but is there something you would like to say to new and upcoming producers to watch out for when it comes to making their career successful? Yeah, 100%. But so don't be scared to take a chance and get your music out there is the one thing. But don't copy music. So by all means, use reference tracks. I don't think that, as a matter of fact, if you get my Ableton session, guys, hit me up. If you want my Ableton template, I'm happy to give it to you. I'll, I'll send it to you the ones. It's, um, it's all stock plugins to start the, se the, the session off in there. And um, I got that um, template from another good producer, and I've just made it my own. So I'm happy to share it with you. You can make it your own. Um, but... Um, Every track starts with a reference track, but don't go copy that track. Do you know what I mean? Like, I use it to copy the signature and the energy signature of the track. So, like, where does the build up go? How long does it last for? How do we drop? That kind of thing. That, you know what I mean? To, get, to follow the signature of a track that I really enjoy that gets me moving. But this, the music the, from the kick drum to the synths, that's your own stuff, right? That's your sound. So, if you're going to go and try to produce somebody else's track and try and mimic it, you're going to just produce a watered-down version of that. Trust me, it's, uh, like, I've done it when I was a, a new producer and it just never, it got me nowhere. Um, always use reference tracks, but just find your own sound. But just make tracks that make you sit in your chair and move. Like, if you get in your chair and you're like jamming in that, dancing like an idiot in the studio to yourself, and embarrassingly, you know you've got a band now, right? And just try to do that and just be yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, what, what do you actually prefer doing when you're taking a break from making music? What is what is your go-to 
I, sports, watching sports, working out, going to the beach, spending time with the kids. What, what do you prefer doing when you're taking a break from music? What's your number one thing? I, mean, I try training every day because um, a little fun fact, I used to do um, track cycling for South Africa, so at national level, I used to do track cycling. So training is in my DNA. If I don't train, I'm actually grumpy the whole day. So I have to train every day. So that just goes without saying. But when I'm not, not making music, um, like if I need a break from the studio on the weekend, I come out. So the first thing I do is pick my daughter up and jump in the swimming pool with her and swim and just spend time with her because you're in there for six, seven, eight, nine hours at a time. And then when you come out, like you need to see your family. Right? You still like my family main first and the producer second, obviously. Always will be because, like I say, one day musical fade. There's no, like I'm hoping we sort of, my career is still going to rise higher and higher, but one day it's going to stop, right? And then all you're going to have left is those people that you care about, your family and people that are close to you. So I try to spend time with my girl and my wife, absolutely. Awesome. You know, it's, yeah, you got, you got to take those breaks. You got to spend time with family. You know, if you have significant others, you know, spend time, just don't be glued to the screen, you know? And, and, and yeah. you know, it's hard as a producer not to be glued to the screen, but that's for sure. Um, are, are you in your studio right now? Is this is that where you normally practice? Well, this is a work office. Um, oh, okay. Actually, we took the we took the studio down because of um, because we're moving to Barcelona. So the only thing left in the studio is the sound traps and the wall. The bass traps are up, all the sound proofings up, but all the kits down. I've got a. Um, an output platform, which is the music desk I use, that's been pulled down into panels and is against the wall. So we're getting ready for that move to Barcelona, um, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to be in Europe again, closer to all my um, colleagues that I make. So Milan for to make music with Magnums an hour away. I know a bunch of guys in the UK that I produce with, so they're an hour and a half by plane. So it's just going to, from a music point of view, it's going to be good. And also, who knows what the club life in, in Barcelona is like, right? So we'll see where mm -hmm. that goes. And when does that move take place? July. So July, okay. June. July first, we take the keys of our new house. Well, that'll be right around the time where we're gonna probably in August. Around August is when we'll touch base again because we try to stay in touch with everyone every six months. Yeah. And you know we're ramping back up and uh, definitely follow up with you. I'd love to see that new studio when it's built out. Actually, um, a little virtual tour, like turn the camera around and whatnot. But um, a couple last things. You're going to be providing us with an exclusive. DJ sessions guest mix, right? Yes. Can't wait to see that. Last one was phenomenal. We'll get that up on the site and get it on our live stream. Thank you for that. Is there anything else you want to let our DJ sessions fans know about before we let you go? No, mate. Um, just yet, yeah, guys. If you if you, if you do so, Hustle Hustle is all about finding new talent and bringing them up. Omnom originally started coming through us when he was a relative down It was also before my time. So if you've got music that you think fits the label, that like sort of groovy, like groove-driven bass music, hit us up. Um, not every track will get signed, but we'll definitely will listen to every track, that I can promise you. So, um, and most of the time, if I've got the time, I like to tell people, listen, the track's cool, but it's missing whatever, like it's missing the hook or the track's too monotone, whatever the case may be. I try to give some feedback from an A&R point of view um, for that label. So it doesn't mean something's wrong with your track, it's just it's not right for that reason, but I'll tell you the reason. So feel free to hit us up um, if you do have music and you want to give it a go. Um, and if there are any other producers out there and you wanted to collab I'm a, and you've got good beats, I'm a big fan of collab and I don't need to collab with guys that have names. Um, so like Get Cozy, busy with collab with him. But then there's also guys that are done a collab with very unknown. He had like 200 Instagram followers. He's, he's never had really any good big 
and releases. And Read and the Track was released, was released on Magpie and was the, the, the theme song for the J Bay Music Week. So, you know what I mean? Like collaboration um, spawns creativity, I believe. So, yeah, man. Well, 2024 has definitely started out strong for you. You got Chihuahua coming out tomorrow on, on this St. Bristol label with Magnum. You got the yeah. podcast series Hustle Radio coming out in March. And you're looking to produce 12 track, 12, or would this be considered, would Chihuahua be one, one of 12? No, I produced Chihuahua before. So I've got 20 tracks that I, I'm busy showing oh. out today. So um, I'm, I want to release every month um, coming soon. So. Well, it looks like 2024 is going to be a very busy year for you. I, I know it's, it, things are slowly getting back to yeah. normal, normal, I guess you could say. It's just, it's been slow. But again, thank you for coming on the series. We'll be following up with you. Thank you, bud. Where's the best place people can go to find out more information about you? That'd be Instagram? Instagram, yeah. If you just if you just put my, my, my handle down there for the guys. So Instagram, just follow me in there. Hit me up on there. Happy to just have a chat about anything like um, if you've got a question, and I'll try help. Um, or if you just want to say hi, just come say hi. Absolutely. And that's at kidmite.official. That's it. That's the one, buddy. Awesome. Again, thanks for coming on the series. It was a pleasure, as always. Um, you have a wonderful time down there in Cape Town. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And on that note, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on X, Twitter. Find us, I always confuse X and Twitter and I'm the same thing. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, we're out there. But the best place to go to find all the information with 600 news stories published every month, hit live interviews, exclusive guest mixes, and more at thedjsessions.com. I'm your host, Darren. That's Kid Mike coming in from Cape Town, South Africa for the DJ Sessions. And remember, on the DJ Sessions, the music never stops.